This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Help us to hear what you're saying. Um, Lord, help us. Help us to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One time, I, uh, I preached at a church. I think I shared this recently. And somewhere in the panhandle, uh, you know, West, Westville, I think it was. And this is when I was a campus minister at Florida State. And I was telling the congregation about my mission. And uh, at the end of the service, an older lady came up to me. And she said to me, what tribe did you say you were from? And uh, I just couldn't help but laugh. Um, and it, somehow she must have gotten lost. And maybe she thought me I was, maybe she thought I was a Seminole Indian uh, for a real one. And, and she couldn't really hear the message what God was trying to say. So um, ask the Lord to help you to hear what the Spirit is saying this morning to us. Amen? Amen. Lord, help us this morning. A very, very long time ago, I was in a meeting with hundreds, and this is a true story, it was in, uh, it was in Lakeland, Florida, uh, with hundreds and hundreds of ministers, and the hot topic of that day, this is the early 90s, uh, the hot topic discussion among the ministers, or what are the criterias are we going to put down on paper for a person to be able to become a member of this particular cooperating fellowship. And the list was like this, and, and this is, I'm going by memory, okay? Um, the memory that I remember is that, number one, you had to be a believer in Jesus. Uh, number two, faithful attender to the church or the bride of Christ. Uh, someone who gives regularly to the church. Number four, someone who doesn't drink alcohol. I think I just saw some of you drop your shoulders. Okay. Uh, someone who doesn't smoke cigarettes. And this is for real. And someone who doesn't chew tobacco. And that was the list that was being discussed and what it meant to be the, a member of a church, this particular uh, cooperative fellowship. And there was more to that list. And then a prominent minister, and at that time, he was, he was the prominent minister. Uh, I remember, I mean, I was just a young buck just getting into the ministry, and I just was watching. And he stood up, and he says, I would like to amend the list and strike out number four, which was the, the alcohol one, or the drink one. Strike out number five, which was the smoking one. And strike out number six was the chewing tobacco. And replace it with someone who doesn't gossip, uh, someone who cares for his fellow man, and someone who honors their parents. Now, if you were in that meeting, you could have heard a pin drop for a moment, and then people applauded. And then he goes on to say, because I would rather have a church member who smoked a cigarette but didn't gossip I'd rather have a church member who smoked a cigarette and took care of his parents than someone who 
didn't smoke cigarettes and gossiped and didn't take and honor his parents. And again, there was an, a gasp and then there was an applause. And so uh, that was a very interesting day in my life as a young minister because it, it thrusted me into trying to answer a question is like, what does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? Is it not smoking? Uh, is it not chewing tobacco? Is it not drinking? And one of the sad parts, or one of the, not sad parts, but I would say the shadow parts of trying to, uh, you know, no smoking, no drinking, is that uh, you can do that without really knowing Jesus. Did you know that? I know a lot of people who don't really know Jesus, don't proclaim to know him, uh, and they don't drink and they don't smoke and they don't chew tobacco. And so it was interesting when we look at a list like that, what do we mean? So what, is, what does it mean to be a, a member of the body of Christ? What does it mean, what, what's the purpose of our church? Why are we here? So we just had Resurrection Sunday, Easter, and we're leading up to uh, what I, it's called Pentecost Sunday in June 5th, I think is that Sunday. And uh, so we're gonna be spending a journey with Jesus uh, in his word. What is the purpose of your life, my life, inside the body of Christ? Why did Jesus come to earth? I, I, uh, that was one of the questions right up in the front page of When Helping Hurts. Why did Jesus come to earth? If I were to call upon you right now, and I might call on you right now, and there's no, why did Jesus come to earth? Does anybody want to take a snag, just take a wild guess? Why did Jesus come to earth? No wrong answers, unless it's really wrong. We got to raise your hand because I can't really see. Okay, Dave, why did Jesus come to earth? Redeem mankind. Excellent. Anybody else? Yes, Mr. Christopher. To fulfill God's calling for him. Excellent. Wrong. I'm just kidding. Others are right. <laughs> uh, um, Lauren's not here, but my dad would ask questions. And I can only say this because he's now with Jesus. Uh, he would ask questions that he, he knew the answer. It wasn't like he was probing to have dialogue, and let's figure this out. And so I learned real quick to say, I don't know, so he could tell me what the answer was. Um, but first Colossians, I mean, excuse me, Colossians, not first Colossians. Colossians 1, 15, verse 20 says this, alludes to what you guys were saying. The Son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been, have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18, 
And he, meaning Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. I think you used the word redeemed, uh, re Dave. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So that's a question that you, if you call yourself a believer, you need to be able to answer, why did Jesus come to earth? Too many times, so many of us will say, he came to save us. That's true, but there's more to that. And I am not going to give you all the answers in today's sermon. It's going to be throughout the weeks. But you should begin to say, okay, if somebody cornered me right now, and I asked you, why did Jesus come to earth? You need to have, begin to, not only in your head, but in your heart, an answer. And of course, uh, begin to live that answer out. So believers, if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, you need to be able to answer the question. Because if we don't know the answer to that question, it's really hard to know what the mission of the church is. And so the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the mission of the church. So we need to not just talk about the mission of the church, but we're going to be talking about how to actually be and do the mission of the church. So the next question you should be asking is, what is it? What is the mission of the church? How do we know if we are actually doing what we are supposed to be doing? How do we measure a church like ours? How can we determine if, if our church is doing what God has called us to do? Is it just coming Sunday mornings, singing a few, raising our hands, singing songs, being nice to people, and walking out the door? Or is there something uh, more? Not that that's not profound, but is there something more? So we need to begin to process and ask and answer those questions. I am also a Southeast Regional Chi Alpha Director, and one of our, uh, our main motto, our mission statement is reconciling students to Christ, transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. And uh, we came up with that like 20 years ago. We love it. It's all on our letterheads and websites and all that. But then I started asking the question, well, how do we know if we're doing that? How do we actually know if we're transforming the university? How can we quantify that? Uh, how do we know if we're transforming the university, the marketplace in the world? How, how do we know those things? And so I have about 40 campus ministries under my, my uh, authority in the southeast. And so that is a question, like, how do I know if a campus ministry, it's fulfilling its purpose? Or are we just talking about it and not actually doing it? 
And so one of the things that I have to do is uh, begin to assess each ministry. Uh, I, I assess states, not necessarily each ministry, but in Florida, I assess each ministry. So we want to know what is it that you're supposed to do? Are you doing it? And how well are you doing it? And so every year, uh, mid-May, I have a meeting with all our campus ministries in Florida, and we ask those questions. Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Okay, good. Uh, tell me what you did to, to do those things that you know you're supposed to be doing, and then let's evaluate how effective you are. And so um, some, sometimes the conversation's really easy, and it's going really well, and then sometimes it's not so easy. And then we begin to determine, okay, is this a pattern? You know, okay, maybe we had a bad year, it was COVID, you know. Uh, then we go back and we have census and assessments, and so we determine. So how, does, how do we know as a church if we're actually doing what we're supposed to be doing? And so that's the question for us in the next few weeks. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I grabbed this out of the book, says this. One of the greatest, uh, the book says, one of the greatest theologians of recent times took a crack at answering that question. He said that, the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ. If they're not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became human for no other purpose but to what redeem people back to him. But there's a deeper question you need to start asking. What does that actually mean what does it mean to uh, draw people into Christ? It's a nice term, but what's the practicality of it? How, what does that mean? Uh, it's a bold statement. You know, back in the day, as um, I'm reading a quote here, uh, we were told to be very careful not to use words like always and never. But C.S. Lewis clearly draws a line here. And here at Mosaic Church, we want to draw a line we want to align ourselves with the gospel. And all four gospels basically say the same things. We exist in Matthew 28. We exist to make disciples. That still doesn't answer the question. Our life as, our, our life as one family is meant to bring transforming power of Jesus Christ into our community and world. Here's a quote that's not mine, but it's pretty powerful. If your gospel isn't touching others, has anybody heard this quote? The chances are the gospel hasn't really touched you. And that hurt when I read it. If the gospel isn't touching others, then the chances are the gospel hasn't really touched you. Do you? You get what they're saying in that quote, is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a transforming, life-changing, life-altering power through the Holy Spirit that when it's living in us, that we have no other uh, result other than touching people for Christ, that making a difference in other people's lives. So God came human for no other purpose for his gospel to touch you and me and our surroundings. 
And that surrounding part was very interesting to me. I used to, you know, I'm old school, and I know for you young bucks, you're probably going to be appalled by what I'm going to tell you, that uh, back in the day when my dad would change the oil, uh, we would take the old oil and use it to trim the chain link fence as a weed killer. And so, is that appalling? <laughs> they were doing it way before me, so... Uh, uh, it's funny, I drove by my property a few years ago in Sarasota, and let me just tell you, it is lush and green, and so uh, it, it, it's redeemed. Uh, but we used to line the, the, the chain link fence with used oil. But then I realized that, you know, God wants me to not only redeem uh, people, uh, redeem my life, uh, but redeem wherever I live, and that means taking care of this place that we live. And so I was not, uh, I was not, raised nor born into taking care of the planet. You know, so uh, if you ever go to South America, you know what I mean? Like some places I've been to is like, man, they're just throwing trash in the river. Trash in the river. Uh, if you've ever been to Honduras or Nicaragua, they call it the, um, they call it the Venice of Central America. Now I've been to uh, Nicaragua and I've seen pictures of Venice, Italy, and it's not, it, it is filled with, it is filled with channels, but those channels are filled with trash. And so that's kind of maybe the culture I was raised in when I was growing up, is that we didn't really care about the people and place around us. And so uh, the Lord has really helped me to, he's coming to redeem not only us, but uh, he wants me to redeem anywhere I go. I want to leave a place better than I found it. So we exist as disciples to be disciples. I have a picture I want to show you. And I just want to ask you, where do you find yourself? Can we show that picture? Is it up there? Oh, there it is. Okay. Where are we in our journey with Jesus in trying to answer why Jesus came to earth. Are you a seeker? Someone who's just, you know what? I don't really know if this is true. I'm figuring it out. Are you a believer? Like, yes, you know, I have, I have uh, raised my hand. I've, I've committed my, through my mouth. I believe in my heart and I've talked, you know, I, I attend church. And so you consider yourself a believer. And if you look on this journey, Later on in Matthew 28, is all, we're all called to make disciples. So are we disciplers? And disciplers are people that have been touched by the gospel and are now touching others with the gospel. So where are you? And then, of course, the last uh, part of this journey and your journey with Jesus is a leader. A leader is someone who's discipling others. Not only are you being discipled, but now you're discipling others. So our, the gospel, Jesus came to, to change us, but in us, he wants us to change and uh, to touch others for the gospel. When we come every Sunday, it's not just so that we can get through the week. It's not, it's not about, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. Uh, when you come on Sundays, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to you, empowers you, encourages you that when you leave this place that you are encouraging and, you're, and the Lord is speaking through you to those who are in your sphere of influence. 
if you just come to be blessed, what you're really saying is church is about you. But Jesus wants us to be strengthened so that we can serve him in our world that we are walking into. We're praying that God would touch us so that the gospel will have the opportunity to touch those around us. So the question I have is like, is the Lord using you at your, in your home? Is the Lord using you? Is the gospel being uh, expressed at your workplace? Uh, is it expressed where you hang out in your, your social circles? Because if it's not, then you need to start thinking like, Lord, where is it that I'm missing that the gospel hasn't touched me? So Lord, give us eyes to see this morning. Lord, help us to see how you can help us to be uh, a light in a world of darkness. I pray this morning, uh, I'm gonna ask Bryce to come up in a second. I pray this morning that you're gonna begin to try to answer the question, why did Jesus come and what's the purpose of the church? I kind of alluded to it, but we haven't spelled it out completely, but I want you to do some homework and begin to pray and ask the Lord and show you the scriptures. Why are we here? Why, you know, if it was just for salvation, then why didn't he just zap us and take us at the moment of salvation? There's a reason. So we're gonna ask the Lord to show himself true in our hearts and, and, and let us know where we really stand. And then in the next few weeks, um, of course, uh, yeah, in the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a church? And so I pray that at the end of this, this season, uh, Pentecost Sunday, that we see the need, uh, we see what God has called us to, and it's, God is going to be, basically do an evaluation of us. And it's us. We're, we're here together as a church. Uh, your strength is our strength. Your weakness is our weakness. And so this is a, a, a collaborative event that we're gonna ask the Lord to help us to move forward together. Have you ever been in a three-legged race? And uh, if you're really good in sync, it's easy. Have you ever done a three or four-person, four-person legged, you know, legged race? It gets a little bit harder. Now think of it when we're talking about a whole church. If we, but we all are tied together. And, you know, God wants us to walk in unison with the Spirit. And he wants us to walk in a way that could be most effective. But, if you know, if somebody's fallen over, it's going to be, it's going to slow us down a bit. And that's okay. Sometimes God may want us to help that person up. But we're all tied together. Your strength is our strength. Your weakness is our weakness. And so we want the Lord to speak to us and help us to find out what why we're really here. Back to that C.S. Lewis quote, the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ. Well, what's gonna be that drawing thing? What is it? And God's gonna use us. So Bryce, if you could come up. Let's pray for a moment. And if you could really, uh, in a very practical way, really consider taking one of these backpacks. We, we really don't know. As a matter of fact, as he comes up, let's just pray over these backpacks because we have no clue what the impact will be.
Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us and coming down to earth for us. And Lord, thank you that you came so you can reconcile all things to yourself. Lord, help us to understand that. Help that to permeate through our lives. Lord, we pray for these backpacks. Lord, I pray, God, for any person that ever receives them, Lord, would sense your love and care. Lord, we're not gonna be the ones handing them out, but someone will. And I pray that, God, that you would use that situation to, to break strongholds in the name of Jesus, to bring healing in the name of Jesus, and, Lord, to build bridges where bridges have been burnt. Lord, I pray, God, that you would do that. Lord, bless Connections Church. Use them, resource them, Lord, in a way that they just feel like, God, that they have their wind behind them, helping them to fulfill their purpose in the kingdom. Lord, help us to do our, our part in the kingdom in helping them. Lord, we love you. And Lord, help us. Help us to know in our hearts without even thinking why you came to earth. What's the role of the church? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand. We're gonna just sing this song and finish our time and then you can come and grab the backpack. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.